Welcome to another issue or episode of Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights. As you can see from the title, today I'm going to talk about a couple of shortstops, a couple of White Sox shortstops, grouping them together. I was thinking when I was uh, contemplating doing this podcast, I thought if I do a podcast a day, I'm going to have 250 podcasts in a year, and over four years, that would be a 1,000. What am I going to talk about? And I thought, well, if I talked about some of the players, some of the sets, some of the issues, uh, lots of interviews, it still adds up to a lot of episodes. I thought, well, why don't I just kind of look at some of the Hall of Fame players in each of the sports? I don't necessarily want to only do the most popular ones, but... So I looked at Hank Aaron, which whom I will do at some point, but I just thought, you know, what if I do, as I experiment, what if I do a couple of Hall of Famers together, a couple of shortstops, a couple of white stock shortstops, and loop to, uh, lump together Louis Aparicio and, and Luke Appling. They're both same initials. They're next to each other in the alphabetical list of Hall of Famers. So let's see how that how that works. I've got great sponsors, as I uh, want to remind you, uh, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, ComC, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Huggins & Scott Auctions, Panini, Tops, and Upper Deck. Great sponsors. Please uh, patronize them. Excellent companies all. Uh, today's issue, though, uh, these two, two L period, A period shortstops uh, both had long, uh, distinguished careers. Uh, both are in the Hall of Fame. Uh, they're t- maybe you know 25 years apart. Uh, let's start with Louis Aparicio. Uh, he he never played any other position other than shortstop, and he was a great shortstop. He was uh, the second, I believe, of the great Venezuelan shortstops. I think Chico Carrasquel, whose name has come up in uh, a previous episode because he was part of the conduit for. Uh, getting back into Venezuela and getting some of the uh, tops Venezuelan cards uh, because he he paved the way for that. But uh, Chico again another White Sox uh, shortstop, but he went first, and then after that, uh, let's see, after that would probably be Dave Concepcion, and then after that, uh, perhaps Ozzy Guillen and Omar Vizquel, and now even uh, Elvis Andrus is. Um, uh, Venezuelan shortstop. So something about how they play the game or teach the game there uh, creates uh, a pipeline. So excellent. Concepcion uh, and Vizquel, um, highly regarded players. Uh, we, we'll see. They both uh, have uh, merits for uh, being uh, very collectible. Aparicio, 56 tops. Uh, was his rookie card not particularly tough? What is tough from 1956 is his yellow base path pin. Those the, I've 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 had a handful of those. I mean, I've seen some of them, but I've I've those are those are very tough. In fact, it's the same price as his as his tops uh, rookie card, and frankly, it's way 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 tougher. But it is a pin. But uh, uh, again, a very uh, collectible piece of uh, Aparicio in his first uh, in his rookie year. Uh, Fifty eight tops, the yellow team variation. I've discussed this before. It's tougher, but it's it's too subtly different, perhaps, to be. Uh, to have that much uh, demand to drive up the price, but it's tougher. The, as you look through the uh, Beckett OPG, you see a lot of J publishing photos, uh, different years, different prices. Um, they're basically five by sevens that were uh, team packs, uh, generally 12 to a team. Uh, once they get out of the packs, it's hard to know what year they came from. There's different poses and sometimes similar poses or same poses. So knowing the year, and so even though there's different 
prices for every year. I think if I were involved uh, now in the pricing, I would be looking for, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just not sure the marketplace has uh, that much differential pricing on uh, the five by sevens, whether 58 or 63, it's, it's a, a Louis Aparicio and it ought to be worth 10 bucks or something like that. Uh, the 60 leaf, uh, the full face variation is not even, I don't even know I call it a variation. I don't believe it was ever in a pack. I think there, it was, a, it was a promo or a salesman sample, but really, really tough. And it's, it, when you see those 60 leaf, uh, uh, those uh, promo cards, they're very noticeable compared to the regular ones. Uh, 60 tops, another interesting card for, for Aparicio. The World Series card that year, I don't know what game it was, he's pictured, he's actually, I think, sliding in, and Mari Wills is is uh, taking the throw at second base as a shortstop, and that's noteworthy because Mari Wills was not uh, signed uh, by Topps. Uh, in fact, they apparently did not sign him when he was a when he was a, a minor leaguer, perhaps one of uh, Cyberger's few mistakes, but uh, they didn't sign him, and then when he did come up, uh, he had a, he, he either refused to sign with Topps but he's incidentally on on that card. He's a, I don't think he shows up till '67 in tops, and of course he's got the '63 Fleer, and was uh, you know a, a, a not a well-regarded prospect who you know when he, he was such a great base stealer he became a became an excellent player. His '61 tops high number uh, again just these are the years I collected. He's in '59, '60, and '61 as the AL All-Star shortstop. That's well deserved. But of those, the '61 tops is by far the toughest. He's got a trio again of 62 Jello, 62 Post, 62 Post Canadian. Again, the 62 Jello way tougher, Post Canadian tougher than regular Post, except for some of the tough boxes. But these are the issues where you really need a price guide and a, and, a, and, a, and an informative catalog that's not just giving you the price, but giving you some of the concept of of uh, which cards are shorter printed or run tougher boxes of cereal. And uh, I may have told you in my origin story, I, I was in Chicago in uh, in uh, the in uh, 59. And uh, that was a great go-go White Sox year for them. Luke Appling, old aches and pains. Uh, how do you like to have a, have a nickname like that? Uh, he played not in the dark ages of baseball, but in kind of the lesser produced years of baseball with cards. He, he His career was from uh, 1931 to 1950. And so he picked up a little bit of Leaf and Bowman at the very end, a little bit of Gowdy on the front, a little bit of a stuff in the middle, but there weren't a lot of cards during World War II. In fact, he lost a couple years of playing uh, to uh, to World War II. Otherwise, his career numbers would have been greater. His original uh, Hall of Fame voting, he uh, I, I read where he only got two votes, you know, and that's that's what you call low. In fact, you can get eliminated from the from the ballot if you. Uh, but later on, when they did the old timers committee, he actually got in. Uh, one of the ways you can tell whether somebody is uh, a major Hall of Famer or a minor Hall of Famer is not just by how many votes they get, but kind of how long it takes them to get uh, into the into the Hall of Fame. So the the, the prominence and the uh, notoriety of the player uh, it's 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 somewhat proportional. So so Luke Appling was was an excellent player. Uh, uh, many considered him the the best uh, uh, shortstop or at least American League shortstop of his. Uh, of, of, of when he played, uh, covered a lot of ground, uh, and was, and was, it was a good hitter, but he <laughs> did not instantly get in the Hall of Fame. And, and neither did Aparicio, even though he was a, he was a, he was a, an excellent uh, player as well. Um, I would say when I look at the 
cards that Appling has, and I look start out with what might be considered rookie cards. He's got a W574 that says it's from 1932, which would be a rookie or pre-rookie. It's actually a White Sox. But it's blank back, and one of the problems with those W issues, for those of you who are more advanced collectors, I mean, they're not, they're generally those are uh, cards that have uncertain year. So I don't, I, I, I'm not willing to say definitively that it's 1932, but it's, it's thought to be 1932. If so, it'd be an early, certainly an early card. 31, 32 exhibits, the four and ones, those are really cool cards. I really like them, especially when they have uh, a nice configuration of, of, of the four players uh, on the same team. It's unlikely, and that, that's a lump together, uh, price guide situation where the 31s and the 32s are, uh, difficult to, uh, distinguish, I believe. So, uh, he un- undoubtedly was not included in 31. He would be 32 because he was, he barely, he, he didn't really make, it was not distinguished until 32. Uh, so his 34 Gaudi is his, uh, kind of a designated rookie card, but the Worldwide Gum V354, which is the Canadian equivalent, is, uh, and this is, you know, not newsflash or spoiler alert, but, you know, Brian uh, Fleischer and his team do a great job. But I, I don't know, either there's not enough uh, sales to justify a higher price for that uh, for that particular card. But it's it's I, I believe it's the same pose as the Gaudi and way, way, way tougher and uh, and yet uh, priced a lot less. So uh, if there's future sales of that, I wouldn't be surprised if they would uh, if they, they would go for a lot more. Uh, so Luke Appling didn't have a lot of cards. Um, one other interesting card that, uh, that I've actually had a problem with that I had is the V351B. It's, it's one of these, uh, it's like the Gaudi premiums, uh, but it's the worldwide gum premiums and they're actually trimmed premiums. And it's very confusing because it looks like, I mean, I just did an issue uh, uh, prior on trimmed cards. This was legitimately pr- trimmed for some reason uh, by the by the company. Uh, but I've had them actually rejected uh, because they were trimmed when in reality they are all trimmed. So it causes a different definition of, of uh, or, or nuanced definition of, of uh, trim. Uh, but Luke Appling was a, a, a veteran uh, player, manager, coach, had a lot of decades of involvement and was a was a, I, I think a pretty beloved uh, member of the of the White Sox organization. Rich Klein was reminding me that in an old timers game when when Luke Appling was seventy something, he he actually hit a. It turned out it was a short field home run, but he hit one over the fence when he was in his, uh, I believe, uh, early mid seventies. So uh, an amazing guy. Both of them are amazing, and you know lest. Lest we uh, disrespect minor Hall of Famers, I mean, every baseball player that makes the big leagues is, was a, was a, an outstanding player at every label up to that point, every level up to that point, and and those who are fortunate enough to get in the Hall of Fame were are are uh, even the ones that aren't uh, the uh, the absolute superstars were still great players in their own right. So they're worthy of attention. Uh, I'll be back uh, with uh, uh, some other issues, sets, players. As we get um, as we get uh, further down the road, uh, I did get a request for a physical address. Uh, so it's um, let's see, fifty six hundred West Lovers Lane. Uh, that'd be Suite one one six dash three zero one, and it's Dallas, Texas seven five two zero nine. That'd be a physical address. Uh, but if you just have a question, just send it to Doctor James Beckett, D O C T O R James Beckett at gmail dot com, and I'll be happy to address um, your concerns. Uh, looking forward to, I've already gotten a few um, comments and 
some feedback to where I can address those in future issues, which which uh, I'm, I'm delighted to do. So thanks for your listening, and uh, have a great day, and I will talk to you again tomorrow. Man in the house of cards is doing.